0: Welcome into this edition of the Sun Devil Source Report Podcast. My name is Kalen Jones, and I'm alongside the man, Chris Cartman. Chris, how are you doing? Oh, my gosh. I'm uh, <laughs> doing
1: fine, man. Just um, enjoying the, the, the dead period in football for another week and a half. It's give us some time to unpack a lot of the... Uh, a lot of our perspective on uh, some of the football coaching hires and recruiting and all that stuff. Hopefully everybody who's listening to, to this podcast listened to our football one mm-hmm. uh, that we also put out this
0: week. And um, really
1: excited to cover the rest of this Pac-12 basketball
0: season. Yeah, and let's jump right into it. Uh, Arizona State men's basketball. Got off to the best start in school history at 12-0. Really? They, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's 2018, and oh. Arizona State basketball is still – you know legit <laughs>
1: yeah no <laughs> they, not yeah they're
0: definitely legit they went on the road this past week though and um actually lost their first game of the season against rival Arizona who at the time was ranked 17th in the nation uh the Sun Devils actually ended up losing 84 to 78 uh for a couple hours they were the last un- remaining unbeaten team in the entire country and it seems as though they're they if anything even in the loss it proved that They're a legitimate contender for not only the Pac-12, but maybe nationally, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was my column after the game. My main takeaway was, in no way did this loss diminish ASU. And, and, in fact, we saw that with the AP poll that Mm -hmm. came out this week. ASU dropped one spot to fourth nationally after a loss. Um, I, I was talking to a friend of mine in the business this week, and we were trying to figure out how many teams would ASU be an underdog to in uh, on a neutral court let's say an NCAA tournament how many games right now is ASU an underdog to to me it's like uh, Duke and Villanova and Michigan State and probably Arizona and other than that I don't know maybe nobody you know there's a couple other teams that are that are really good ASU beat Xavier Xavier's mm-hmm. 14 and one ASU scored 105 points against Xavier and, and Xavier's ranked fifth one spot below ASU mm-hmm. uh, of course Oklahoma with Trey Young is a phenomenal uh, type of an offensive potency and then West Virginia only has one loss but I think ASU would be right there on um, probably you know a toss-up game if it played those teams in my mind there's no doubt that ASU is deserving of being a, a top 10 basketball team and probably will remain there I, um, I haven't told anybody this Caitlin, but I was thinking about uh, in my column had ASU won I was thinking about uh, making a bold prediction of 30 wins for ASU this season wow and that, of course, has never been done before in ASU history. Yeah. Uh, when you look at it, of course, 12 wins in the non-conference. You have 18 18- uh, Pac-12 games, and then you're going to play a couple, two or three in the Pac-12 tournament if you're, if you are you know, a one or two seed probably, mm-hmm. and, and then you have the NCAA tournament, so I I, I thought had ASU beaten Arizona, we probably would have been looking at a team that was going to go 15-3 and three or 14-4 and four in the Pac-12, you'd probably uh, win uh, one one game at least, maybe two, probably two games, maybe in three the in the yeah. Pac-12 tournament, mm-hmm. and um if you accomplish those things, right, then, then of course, you are a one-seed, a two-seed, or a three-seed in the NCAA tournament, which means you're probably going to win at least two games. So uh, 12, 12 wins plus, let's say, 14 or 15 plus two wins plus two wins, and you're sitting on 30 wins. Um, and, 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 and so the loss to, to Arizona, um, you know, it, it maybe moves you back a little bit. But but that's still the type of season that we're talking about, and I still wouldn't even rule out 30 wins for ASU yeah. this season. And that probably, you know, you, you know, like longtime ASU fans have been hitting me up like I've never seen, you know, people that I've known for who have watched ASU basketball for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, mm-hmm. and they're probably listening to this right now and they're like crashing their cars, <laughs> or they're having to pull over from heart palpitations <laughs> at just the possibility of ASU being a, a Elite Eight or a Final Four team. But I want people to understand that if you take, like I said last week, you take ASU off the jersey mm-hmm. and you just look at what this team is and what it's done and and, um, and how it projects the rest of the season, this is a, a, a top 10 to 15 basketball team in the country, and you can expect the results to, to, to match that uh, unless it really just um, – it collapses in some kind of way or has injuries or some other uh, unforeseen
0: circumstance. Yeah. And you mentioned it before, like they, they prove that they are a national contender at the very least, because you look at this air, the Arizona team that they lost to coming into the season, they were ranked third in the country. Um, this is a team that features arguably the best overall NBA draft prospect in the entire league in the Andre Aiden, who ended up scoring 20 during 19. And then Sean Miller actually said after the game, like it took Arizona's best game of the entire season to this point in order to, you know, eke out a six-point win. And you look at the flip side, Arizona State had one of their, you know, worst games of the season, especially offensively. You look at Shannon Evans, only went 3 of 14 from the field. Romello White was only able to play 18 minutes because he ended up fouling out. But you look at this team moving forward, they proved – that they are at least within the same realm and company as their rival who's been considered a national contender for so long.
1: Well, let's keep in mind uh, Arizona has only had Raleigh-Alkins for five games now, and they're undefeated with Raleigh-Alkins. They, uh, you know, they're they 11-3 and overall now. Uh, they Their all three losses came in their first eight games before they had Raleigh-Alkins. Um, and... and ASU doesn't have Kamani Lawrence, and not saying that Kamani Lawrence is on that level, but he's a key player probably mm-hmm. for ASU if fully healthy. Um, some people said that he was the best ASU player in their exhibition games before he had um, the the hairline fracture and the fifth metatarsal that required uh, a, a surgery uh, to put a screw in there. And, and uh, Kamani Lawrence is probably going to play this week when ASU goes to Colorado on Thursday, Utah on Saturday, um, and so that. Probably only gives ASU an additional player now. Arizona is probably one of the worst matchups that ASU could have mm-hmm. among better teams in the country because of its size. Yep. Uh, two seven-footer starters, DeAndre Ayton, as you said, there is an elite NBA prospect. If you put a gun to my head and said pick between DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley, I'd just yeah. be like, you know, shoot me, or just <laughs> or just give me the give me the second pick, you know, yeah. because I don't really want to have to choose between DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley, and maybe that. Ultimately, comes down to uh, what your need is and yeah, your preference, team, right? Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean ASU didn't even play that well when you, when you, no, when you look it. at it. And mm-hmm. you have to give Arizona credit, right? Correct. Yeah. Arizona's yeah, yeah. length was disruptive mm-hmm. not only at the rim, but also on the perimeter, yeah. and that, that caused some missed shots that uh, maybe ASU makes typically. Some of that was probably, you know, some bad shot selection, and then some of it was ASU typically makes some of those shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, ASU had more turnovers than it typically has, and part of that is Arizona's length, and part of that, mm-hmm. it, you know, com- um, Romello White was bothered by some of the length. He had some, um, you know, some 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 missed opportunities there inside. He mm-hmm. couldn't collect the ball, um, or he turned it over. Some of ASU's perimeter players, you know, turned the ball over a little bit. Um, Shannon Evans. Uh, some people s- said to me at the game that he was observed um, dry heaving into a trash can. Uh, between the first and second media timeouts, mm-hmm. and um, so you know maybe he wasn't one hundred percent as far as like how he has health wise you know yeah. in that game. So, uh, but but I mean gosh, McHale Center and yeah. Arizona on the road, ASU is not going to have a tougher environment and a opponent that it matches up less well against the whole season in the regular season. Agreed. That's the that's the toughest environment, that's the hardest opponent. And mm-hmm. so for ASU to base to be down one point with eleven seconds left, uh is a remarkable thing. And I don't think that um if those two teams played a bunch of times, I don't know what would happen. But I, I just think that those are two two top ten caliber teams when all is said and done. And I think that the the seasons that they're about to have will be reflective of that.
0: And they really should. You look at again, just looking at the matchup. We mentioned Arizona's lane. They gave Arizona State fits, especially along the perimeter. Arizona State shot season low at 37% from the field. They only hit eight of 23, 25 threes at 32%. And you look at the flip side, The really, ASU was in the game up until Aiton and Alonzo Trier really started to hit their stride. And that's how they were able to build two 12-point leads. But again, we see that ASU can shoot the lights out of the ball, and they were able to climb back both times and nearly complete a comeback to the point where they came within one point and then nearly tied the game up when Mickey Mitchell almost had a wide-open three uh, later in the second half as well. Yeah, there were some, some, some key sequences in
1: there. Shannon Evans missed a dunk that ended up being an Arizona layup yeah. going the other direction, that, that been was a little bit too. of a run. <laughs> if, if he had hit that <laughs> – that you know, kind of changes things. Mm-hmm. Uh, ASU had a missed layup opportunity with with um, I believe it was Trey Holder. Yeah,
0: he got the steal and then went up and then
1: and missed it. it, and you know that thats nearly tipped it in. And, and he had an unbelievable game. I mean, that guy's oh, yeah. that guy's just had a phenomenal season, and he had and he kept ASU in the game almost single-handedly. As you said, though, uh, Alonso Trier had a really good finish of the game. He yes. started off really struggling. DeAndre Ayton was a monster, almost undefendable in all my years watching the Pac-10. Pac-12, going back to probably like the, the, the mid-80s. Uh, there's, I've never seen a, a better prospect uh, among you know, as a big than DeAndre Ayton. So uh, so I would just say um, ASU's not going to have a tougher game, and it was right there, and things are still really good for ASU.
0: Chris, you mentioned it. Trey Holder, 31 points, 6 of 12 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, and then 15 of 16 from the free throw line. Sean Miller afterwards compared him to Kevin Johnson, who used to play for the Phoenix Suns, and his ability to drop fouls is something that he's never seen out of a a point guard before.
1: Well, ASU entered this game leading the conference in in free throws, and uh, ASU was so reliant on the three-point shot last year, Kalen, because it didn't have that presence, that interior presence of a Romello White or even – uh, Lake for that matter mm-hmm. but uh, but what Trey Holder does in terms of being able to uh, create opportunities for himself both at the rim from three and at the free throw line uh, is very rare and it's hard to accomplish and that's why he absolutely deserves to be one of the leading candidates for Pac-12 player of the year and he's fearless that's another takeaway from this game uh, you know people who watch it I'm sure saw Bobby Hurley the intensity was he was like coming apart at the seams? Uh, at times, he he grabbed the ball that one time, and and uh, Rashawn Bruno had to take it away from him. He was pointing and yelling and frothing at the mouth at officials. And I mean, he he went about as far as you could possibly ever go without getting a technical foul. I would say. But what's important, Kalen, is that his team embodies that. Yeah. They they don't they, they, these guys don't care they don't they're they're fearless a lot of time, a lot of teams they'd get down by a dozen points in McHale Center and the crowd's really loud and the environment's difficult and and the game would go the opposite direction they'd get blown away but 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 what we saw against Kansas ASU starts out down 15 to two comes back fearless and there's no run from Kansas even in in Allen Fieldhouse. We see Arizona. Remember, ASU started down. What was it, 13 nothing or something in Vanderbilt? Yeah, 13 nothing in Vanderbilt. The uh, and they came back and just dusted yep. Vanderbilt. I mean, there's just a there's a fearlessness that has been instilled by who Bobby Hurley is and the way that he is that is manifested in the players that I think is important and, and, and shouldn't be discounted as one of the driving forces for what this team is, especially when you have such experienced guards like Shannon Ch- Evans and Trey Holder. Uh, ASU was uh, plus 4.6 in turnover margin, way better than anybody else in the league coming into this game. Uh, that, that uh, you know, was was hit quite a bit by Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it, they'll have no problem getting back to that the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, so you look at the matchups moving forward. They're The opener to Pac-12 probably didn't go the way that they wanted, obviously. But you you take away from that looking forward, um, like, we said, like we mentioned earlier, they are at the top of the class arguably with – arizona right now but you also have other Pac-12 teams too ucla starting to hit its stride uh washington state won a tournament i believe earlier in the season uh usc is a top 25 team and so looking forward chris do you, do you still think that this is a team that can you know win comfortably uh, I, against the rest of the conference uh, i
1: actually feel more uh confident in ASU being a top 10 team than I ever have previously mm. uh, even after Arizona loss and Arizona loss only made me feel stronger about ASU actually mm. uh, it sounds weird that in a loss that you might feel that way but um, you know, USC has five losses and the talent is there but there's just uh, the season hasn't gone that well for them to this point in the season Oregon was expected to be a little bit better than it has and lost to, to, to Utah at home mm-hmm. Um I think the best teams in the Pac-12 are ASU and Arizona, one and two, neck and neck. I think after that, you have Utah and UCLA are probably the next two teams. Mm-hmm. ASU has to play at Utah this weekend. ASU has been drilled there at the Huntsman Center uh, the last couple of times. They just got annihilated. Um, uh, like Three out of four seasons, I think, is, is they've been destroyed. Going back to the Sendak, mm-hmm. be- even before Hurley. Um, and, and so that's going to be a tough and very telling game, I would say. Now, what the advantage ASU has is it doesn't have to go to USC and UCLA this year. Right. That's a really big advantage. Um, and I don't think that Washington State, Oregon State, Oregon, Colorado, Stanford, and Cal have the, the offense to hang with ASU. Yeah. I don't think those teams are really going to be a threat to ASU. I think ASU will beat all those teams. Um, you know, Maybe Oregon on the road could be competitive. Right. Uh, but uh, and I would say Oregon on the road, Utah on the road, uh, Arizona in Tempe, UCLA in Tempe, USC in Tempe. Those are probably their biggest games, going to Washington maybe. Those are like their biggest six games remaining. Right. I think ASU probably wins the rest of its games and maybe wins two, three of those difficult half dozen games, the, remote, the, the, the more difficult half dozen right. games. And that's why I think that even after losing to Arizona, ASU still could be like a 14-4 or better team <laughs> in the Pac-12. And that, obviously, it sounds crazy, you know, because it, it, it's never happened before yeah. in people's lifetimes. Yeah. Um, but, but, um, but it's a very sustainable style of basketball uh, given that they have gone from one of the most reliant on threes in the country to in the hundreds, given the fact that they uh, they, may, they go to the free throw line more than anybody else and they're good from the free throw line, mm-hmm. uh, given the fact that they don't turn the ball over hardly at all, so they they get more possessions than their, their opponents. They have the ability to press you and get yeah, turnovers like they did in Arizona, yeah. which is a big factor in mm-hmm. their ability to come back. Yep. Uh, they... Um, They didn't get out-rebounded by Arizona, which you would have expected, (laughs) given DeAndre Ayton is such a monster. Um... And and they have now, with Kamani Lawrence's return and Mickey Mitchell, the ability to go bigger or smaller so they can actually fine-tune their roster to the, their opponent, right? So in this game, for example, they played a little bit bigger sometimes because mm-hmm. Arizona's bigger. Right. And then there's other teams that are going to have that, they're going to have four guard almost, and ASU's not going to be have a problem with, 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 yeah, not at with all. that at all. So um, I think Bobby Hurley's done a, a, a very good job with this group. And I, I think that, um, as I said in the column, uh, they're going to chew up and spit out a lot of teams, but uh, their hunger is going to remain in, 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 until they beat the very best of the best that are still out there as they, as they get into the, the, uh, the postseason.
0: All right. Well, Arizona State will travel to Colorado and then face Utah uh, this week. It will be their second and third matches of Pac-12 play. But, Chris, uh, any final parting thoughts as we wrap this episode up?
1: You know, just want everybody to stay tuned. And, and um, there's a lot of recruiting stuff in basketball that, that that's coming up. You know, people are more, what I found, Caitlin, is that people are more interested in learning and knowing about what's going on with basketball than ever before. And so a lot of questions that we've already answered, like in the Devil Sanctuary, on our message board, uh, including, you know, having answered some of them a number of times, people are still asking again. And, and that's a sure sign that people that really weren't that dialed into basketball previously are, paying attention. No, are no. now starting <laughs> to pay attention and you know there's like people having watch parties uh, that I'm hearing about there's just things that have never really happened you know we're, we're seeing uh, for non-conference games 10,000 11,000 fans mm-hmm. in the arena it's, a, it, it, it's it's totally changed and there's a lot of reasons to believe that it's sustainable we've talked about the adidas role in that and uh, and how recruiting is going and so we're going to have premium podcasts that cover a lot of these things in the coming weeks. And, you know, hopefully everybody just stays tuned to everything that we do with our with our free podcasts and on SunDevilSource.com also.
0: Yeah. Again, you can check us out at SunDevilSource.com. But for now, from Kalen Jones and Chris Cartman, thank you for tuning in.